welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. everything that you have for me. And Lord, I'm going to trust that you're going to accomplish these things. But did you notice it says, which Christ Jesus also has also laid hold of me. Paul's saying Christ has laid hold of me for a purpose. And Paul's basically saying, I want to accomplish it. Do you know what Christ Jesus has laid hold of you for? If I was to go to each one of you and say, uh, excuse me, uh, Chad, Harris, yes, uh, what has God laid hold of you for? Hopefully he'd be able to say, well, you know what? God has called me to be an evangelist. God has called me to be a Bible teacher. God has, has called me to, you know, to, to reach out to the lost. God has called, and he, hopefully he would be able to articulate what God has laid hold of his life for. And hopefully I could go to every one of you and say, yeah, what has God laid hold of you for? If you asked me, I'd say, well, I, I'm called to be a pastor, teacher, evangelist, um, try to be a comedian, but that doesn't work very well. <laughs> But seriously, what, you know, so if we, were to, if, if, if we were to go to every one of you and say, what, what has Jesus Christ laid hold of you for? Can you, can you explain that? Can you explain why Christ Jesus has laid hold of you? And then my other question is, if you know what he's laid hold of you for, are you holding on to it with dear life? Are you saying, you know, okay, pastor, teacher. So pastor, you know, that's what I'm called to do. I'm going to pastor the best I can. I'm going to teach, oh God, with your help. I'm going to teach the best way I know how. Uh, evangelize. I'm going to share the gospel the best way I know how to share the gospel. And I'm just going to lay hold of this until the day I come to see you, until the day when I'm in your presence. And that's the picture that we have. But first off, you have to know what it is. And, you know, what are you called to do? What is God placed in your life? What has God, you know, put on in you to accomplish in you? And hopefully you know. And as I'm looking around the room, I, I see different people. I know what they're called to do because I see them in action. I, I see them at work. I see the, the Holy Spirit working with them. And I, and I see the work of the Holy Spirit taking a hold of them. And they're taking a hold of it. And can I get an amen? If that's you today, isn't, isn't it one of the greatest honors to serve God in that capacity? I remember when I was asked to, in, when I was in Michigan to, to oversee the youth ministry and to, to teach the youth. And I was, I was not that old in the Lord. I didn't know the Lord very long. And I was like, really? You, know, you want me to do that? And it was my brother-in-law. He's the pastor of a Calvary Chapel in Michigan. He says, yeah, you know, we prayed about it. We feel the Lord would have you do that. And I was so nervous. I didn't know what to expect. I'm like, teach these kids. And the kids that were there, these are my nieces and nephews and other kids. And they've known the Lord all their life. And they could teach me the Bible. And I'm thinking, I'm going to teach them the Bible? I thought it would be like an instruction thing. I'd open up the Bible and say, no, Joey, you know, no, no. You know, that's wrong. You know, that's wrong. And they're like... <laughs> Because <laughs> they, they study the Bible where they're this big and they all know the Bible, you know, inside and out. They've gone through it five, six, ten times, you know. And here you're calling me God to teach these guys? And God's like, yeah. And let me tell you something. I'll never forget the day when we opened the Bible and I had the sense of God's presence there like I never experienced in my whole entire life. And some of the kids were weeping and crying and, and God was speaking to their hearts and confirming things in their lives. And right then and there, I was like, Lord, I want to do this. 
I don't know what I'm doing, but I know you're in on it because I know you're here and I, I know that you're, you're doing something. If I could teach these kids that know the Bible and I'm just learning the Bible and I'm learning and, and you're teaching me as I'm teaching them and I'm, God, just, can you continue to do this? And I, I want to do this and, and I laid hold of it. And I was in the corporate world. I was working 60, 80, 90 hours a week. But yet, when we had our midweek Bible study, when we had our prayer time, when we had our Sunday service, I was the first one in the church. I was there. I wanted to be there. I didn't want to miss out on anything that God had. Because I knew that the Lord Jesus Christ laid hold of my life. And I served this world diligently. Diligently, I served this world before I knew Christ. Diligently, I served this world. I gave this world all that I had. I served it diligently. So when God came and forgave me and washed me and, and cleansed me and made me a new person, I was like, Lord, I want to serve you better than I serve the world. I'm all in. And that's what we see with Paul the Apostle. He said, I'm all in. And I want to challenge all of us today. Are, are we all in on this Jesus thing? Are we all in on being born again? Are we all in on whatever he has, good or bad, no matter what it looks like? Are we all in? Are we able to commit it all and say, Lord, no matter what happens, I, I'm all in on this thing that you have for me. You saved me. You washed me. You cleansed me. You gave me new life. And I'm all in on whatever you want to do. Lord, take hold of me. And if you're ready to do that, be ready to be blown away what the Lord will do. If you would have told me way back then when I was sitting down in a little classroom with these kids that one day you're going to have a church, one day you're going to have a church on the harbor, you're going to have you know, the only church in Sunset Beach, a community that was there for over 100 years, and you're going to be the only church they ever had. If you told me that, I'd say, you're crazy. We've got a huge God that loves to do great things. But it's taking hold of him. Don't get me wrong. This world is very tempting, isn't it? There are things in this world that are so tempting that want to take our distraction, want to distract us and take our focus off of the Lord. And I want to just say to you, let's fight the good fight of faith. Let's, let's, let's put away childish things, as Paul the Apostle said. Let's, let's take hold of all that God has. Let's, let's resist the devil, knowing that he shall flee from us. Let's draw near to God. Let's encourage each other in the things of the Lord. Amen. So whatever God has called you to do, I just want to encourage you, do it all for him. Do it heartily as unto him, not to men. If he's called you to be a Bible teacher, teach the Bible. Find opportunities to teach. If he's called you to, into helps ministry, help. And we could use a lot of help. And the church, the body of Christ, needs help. If he's called you to do hospitality, just you know, use that gift for his glory. Whatever he's called you to do, use it for his, his glory. You might have the gift of giving. Use it for his glory. Gift of evangelism. Use the gift of evangelism. Use it for his glory. Allow the Lord to give you vision for 2018. Allow him to show you what, what he wants to do. Pray for that. Take time. Spend time. Ask him, what, what is the vision for this upcoming year? What does he want to accomplish? Most of you know this verse, Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people, can we say it together? Perish. But interesting, it says, but he that take, excuse me, he that keeps the law, happy is he. In other words, when, if you keep the law, if you stay in his word, you're going to figure out the vision he has for you. You're going to be happy. When you don't have vision, it's, 
it can be very confusing. It can be very disheartening. You know, it's like you don't know which way to go. God wants to give us vision, meaning he wants to, to show us his will. He wants to, you know, show us what he desires. So if you have no vision, you're going to perish. You're just going to go off. If, if you're not committed to the things of him and you don't have the vision of what God has for you, if you don't know your gifts and your callings, the Bible says make it short, then you're just going to drift off and you're going to perish. You're going to just do this and do that and, and you're going to end up doing things that are, that are not going to last for all eternity. And might I say with this, allow the Lord to stretch you. Allow the Lord to stretch you. So often we want to stay in our comfort zone. It's like, well, I'm not comfortable with that. You know, it's like, you know, most of the stuff that I do, I've done for the last 17 or maybe, let's see, 22 years walking with the Lord. Uh, most of the stuff that I've done, I wasn't comfortable doing it. I remember when I was back in Michigan and with the youth group and just learning the Bible with the kids and teaching and all that, as I was telling you about, and all that was going on. I remember my niece, she did a skit and it was a, it was a, a mime thing and I was Jesus, you know? And so, so I played Jesus. They had this skit going. It was very good. She coordinated the whole thing. It was like really good. It was powerful. It, it touched hearts, you know, and it was just a, a wonderful thing. And so someone, we, we, we performed it a few different places and one, this big mega church saw it and they're like, we need to have you guys. And so they had us on the stage. Well, I remember we went there, we're backstage and I'm looking, there's like thousands and thousands of mega churches, all these thousands of people. I never stood before thousands of people before. And I remember looking out there, my heart's going like this, you know, it's like, I wasn't comfortable. I was way outside my comfort zone. But, you know, I, what I did is I went in the back. My brother-in-law was there. My sister was there. It says, guys, you need to pray for me. I am nervous. I, I don't want to go out there. They said, we need a Jesus. I said, I know. We better pray because <laughs> I wasn't ready. And they prayed in the peace of God, which, surpassed, which surpasses all understanding, guarded my heart, guarded my mind. I went out there. It was beautiful. It was powerful. But it was way outside of my comfort zone. And God was like, that was great. That's outside your comfort zone. Now I'm going to have you do this outside your comfort zone. <laughs> and do this outside your comfort zone and do that outside your comfort zone. And what, what happens when he keeps taking us outside of our comfort zone and he stretches us and it's, what it does, it shows that he's doing it. It's not us. He's doing the work. For it's God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. It's him working. When we had the Christmas play, I was praying about, we had a message, a gospel message at the end of every, every performance. So I would pray, and I, I really didn't have any set schedule. I was just kind of praying over who would share, and, and we had the different pastors share. And the last one, I'm just praying, okay, Lord, and, and the Lord put Glenn on my heart. Jake, Jacob Marley, you know him better as. <laughs> And the Lord put him on my heart. And I was like, I really felt strongly. This is the Lord. He wanted to, you know, to do that. And I'm like, okay. And, and, but then I was thinking, well, I don't know. I don't think he's ever done that before. So I waited till after he did his performance before I even brought it, asked him about it. <laughs> and right after I went up to him, he was done with his performance. I said, hey, Glenn, you know, pray about this, but pray pretty quickly because we don't have too much time. But <laughs> I said, would you like to give the message at the end? And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was a stretch. He's never done that before. But I really felt strongly it was the Lord, and he knew it was the Lord preparing him to do that already. God already confirmed it to him, so it was already the Lord. So he was like in this position, okay, I know it's God, but do I do it? 
And he did it, and he did a fabulous job. He shared the gospel. It was just a, a wonderful thing. God used him in a, a spectacular way. But guess what? He was stepping outside of his comfort zone. And I want to encourage you to do that. So often we, we're, we say, oh, you know, and I sometimes will use this, but I don't get a piece, but it doesn't mean I'm not comfortable. It means that I don't feel the Lord's hand. If I say I don't get a piece about it, I pray about something, sometimes I don't get a piece about it because God is speaking to my heart and saying, no, that's not the direction. That's a different story. But I think some people, they don't like being stretched. They don't like stepping outside of their safe zone, their safe place. It's like, this is my safe place. This is where I stay. I'm staying in my, and that's why they, they stay like this, safe place, safe place. Really? And you ask them to go outside of that, they're like, no, and they start freaking out, and I don't get a piece about that, you know? But say, I'd say, let the Lord stretch you. Let him take you outside of that safe place, that safe zone. Colossians 1.29, Paul the Apostle said, to this end I also labor, listen, striving according to his working which works in me mightily. He's saying, I labor, I strive. I, the, the strive means I struggle. I struggle in difficulties, in, in dangerous places, or even I take challenges. Paul the Apostle saying, I take challenges, what? According to his working, which works in me mightily. So it's not, it's, he's, he's realized his calling. He realized what God has gifted him in. He's, Paul the Apostle is a, a, a an evangelist. He's a pastor. He's an apostle. And he says, with the working that, you know, if, if, if someone says, okay, Paul the Apostle, I want you to lead this ballerina thing here, and I want you to be the lead ballerina dancer. It's like, no, that doesn't make sense. He, within with the, the, the parameters that God has called him in, his working which works in him mightily, but he steps out of his comfort zone. Another great verse that goes with this, two verses. Isaiah 54, 2. Isaiah says, enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and, and strengthen your stakes. Verse 3, for you shall expand to the right and to the left. And I believe for us, God wants us to expand. God wants us to step out of that comfort zone. He wants us to be stretched. Let's look at the, back in our text, let's look at verse 13. Philippians 3, verse 13. Paul says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul says, This one thing I do. Paul was an apostle. Believe me, he had many things to do. Believe me, his plate was full. But he said, this one thing I do, this one thing that's very important to me, he said, this is what I do. I forget those things which are behind. Now remember, Paul the apostle, before he was an apostle, he was Saul of Tarsus. And when he was Saul of Tarsus, if you know the story, he was a Christian killer. He had Christians killed because he, he did not believe they were, they were of God. And I'm sure that would have weighed real heavy on his heart, thinking about these innocent people that were killed because of him, these innocent people that were slaughtered, these innocent people that were beaten even before his eyes. He would see these people beaten. And I'm sure if he allowed that to weigh heavy on his mind, heavy on his heart, it would have totally stifled him in his ministry. 
And I'm sure there was also failures that, that Paul had. And he said, I, I'm going to forget those things. I'm going to go forward. I'm going to forget my failures. I'm going to forget those things. And even sometimes successes and things that we accomplish, we need to forget those things because we have to stop dwelling on the past. We need to look to the future. If I was to drive down the road in my vehicle and I stared at the rearview mirror, what do you think is going to happen? We're going to crash. And I think far too many Christians are doing that. They're staring in the rearview mirror. Oh, the old times. Oh, I love the old times. Oh, the tent days. It was such a beautiful day. No, what about the future? What about in front of you? What, what does God want to do ahead? Not, not always looking in the back. And so many people, they're looking in the rearview mirrors like, oh, the good old days. Oh, that was so great. Oh, I can't believe. Oh, I can't go forward. It was just so good back here. And God said, no, go forward. Go forward. Yes, those were good days, but guess what? I've got better days for you. If you stop looking in the rearview mirror, you can see what I have for you. Look at the road that's ahead of you. Look what I have in front of you. Not the rearview mirror. Look ahead. Yes, we use the rearview mirror to look back. When I'm driving, yeah, I look at the rearview mirror so then I don't crash if someone's coming alongside of me. And, you know, there, there's reasons to look at it. Same with our Christian walk. We glance in the rearview mirror. We say, wow, was that great? God, you did some awesome things back there, but I'm going to learn from those things too. And I'm going to, you know, be able to learn for the future. And, oh, yeah, look back. That was terrible. Oh, my goodness. Do I even have to look at that? that was, I'm going to forget those things. But I'm going to learn from them. I'm going to learn from the failures. I'm going to learn from my mistakes. I'm going to even learn from my accomplishments. I'm going to learn from my past because, God, I know you have better things ahead for me. Amen? That's what Paul's saying. And Paul, again, he had many things to do, but he said this one thing I do, one thing that's very important, and I believe it's important for all of us as we step into a new year, forgetting those things which are behind. We need to press forward to those things that are ahead. We need to press forward towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Keep our eyes fixed on him, not the past. It's a good practice for us to look up and look forward. Look up to God and look forward. There's some people in this church that are going through some real difficult times. And I know that. We have people in our church that have been given divorce papers when they didn't want them. And other people are going through some other difficult things in this church. But the best thing we can do is look up and look forward. Look up and look forward. Keep our eyes on Jesus and pray. Pray that God will restore that relationship. Pray that God will work in your midst. And keep praying, but don't keep staring in the rearview mirror. Look forward to what God has ahead for you. And think about the Apostle Peter, how he denied Jesus three times that he even knew Jesus. And after Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he told his disciples, he told Peter, he told all of his disciples, he says, as my father sends me, I also send you, go. And he he called him to go preach the gospel, to teach the word. And what did Peter do? The apostle Peter, he went fishing. And not only did he go fishing, he took all of his friends with him. He took James and John and Thomas and Nathaniel. He took a whole group of guys, said, hey guys, we're going fishing. Well, they weren't supposed to go fishing. They were supposed to go preach the gospel, teach the word, and go ahead. Remember? And what happened? Remember, Jesus was there on the shore. He was there. They were out in the boat. Jesus was cooking them breakfast, and then they're eating breakfast. And and Jesus said to Peter, says, Simon Peter, son of Jonah, and I'll put it up on the board, do you love me more than these? We don't know what the these are. The fish, his buddies, his career. We don't know what the these are, but you fill in the blank. Do you love 
Jesus more than those things that are in your life? And Peter said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Interesting, he uses phileo, a brotherly love. Jesus used an agape type of a love. He says, you know, I like you a lot, Jesus. And he said to him, he said to him, feed my lambs. In other words, preach the word, teach the word like I called you to do. Go back, go back and do what you're supposed to do. And he said to him again, a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He didn't even say, do you love me more than these anymore? He already figured out he has a great love for whatever it was, his fishing he loved a lot or his, his career, his friends, I don't know. But so he, he changes it and says, do you love me? Just simply, do you love me? And he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Again, I believe in the Greek, it's the phileo. It's a brotherly love. I like you a lot. And he said to him, then tend my sheep. Be a pastor, like I called you to be. That's what I commissioned you to do. I pulled you out of the fishing career. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, Feed my sheep. If you really love me, if you, if you say you love me, then do what I've called you to do. We go back. We recommissioned Peter. He said, Peter, stop the fishing. Get out. Fish for men. I want you to get back. I want you to minister. I want you to do what I've called you to do. And he recommissioned him. And thank the Lord that he recommissioned him because at the day of Pentecost, the apostle Peter stood up. And when he preached, over 3,000 people were added to the church on that day. And maybe that's you. Maybe the Lord's speaking to you right now and he's telling you, will you get back and do what I called you to do? Do you love me? Do you love me? Well, if you love me, it'll show in the way you serve me. Look up and look forward. I'll close with this. I think about Nebuchadnezzar. If you know the story, probably the greatest king that ever lived, a world leader, when it comes to the worldly sense I'm talking about. In the vision, he was the head of gold. He was a powerful leader. He was, he was a Gentile king. He didn't know the Lord. But Daniel was in his life. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in his life. They had a great impact on this king. And King Nebuchadnezzar was filled with pride. And because of his pride, he was made like a beast. And he was cast out into the wilderness. And he, it says that he ate grass like an ox. And his hair grew like eagle's feathers. His nails were like bird claws. He became a beast. But if you know the story, it says, he was a beast, it said, until I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes to heaven. He looked up. And he says, my understanding returned to me. And I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. And he says, at that time, my reason returned to me. And for the glory of my kingdom, my honor, my splendor had, was returned to me. My counselors, my nobles were restored to me. I was restored to my kingdom and the excellent majesty was added to me. He looked up and he looked forward. Everything was added back to him when he looked up to the Lord. His kingdom was added to him. His counselors were added. His noblemen were all added back to him. Everything was restored. And maybe for you today, as you look up to heaven, as you look up to the Lord, as you look up to the, to the king of kings, maybe he'll restore you again. And he'll put you back in that place and he'll do even greater things as we see with Nebuchadnezzar. As we close, 
Let's look up. Let's look forward. I don't know about you, but I am looking forward to this new year. Let's forget those things which are behind. Let's press forward to the things that are ahead. Let's look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.